Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. Well, Greg's gone fishing. I bet you he's fishing because he went down to the lake with the kids. Uh, he going to get on to me for telling on him. Uh, just pray for their safe travels. But if you would, uh, turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 19 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 uh, through 25. And we're actually going to look at some challenges in our daily life. Uh, you know, life is a challenge, ain't it, sometimes? Especially if you work. Uh, especially if you work, it's a challenge. Uh, I'm going to tell you this story, and you all might think I'm crazy, but I drive a, a truck that weighs about 60,000 pounds, and people just pulls out in front of you, and sometimes I just want to jump out of the truck and just, what are you thinking? And then God says, what are you thinking? Uh, but I guess that's human in us. But uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 10, listen to what the Word of God says. Let the Word of God speak. Uh, don't listen to me. Uh, listen to, to the Word of God and listen to what God is speaking to you. Because uh, I'm a big mess up. Amen? Nobody said amen on that one. We're all mess up. Uh, listen, uh, 19 uh, through 25. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest uh, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near uh, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled uh, from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure, wa with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is uh, faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Now, Father God, we do come to you to thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace uh, towards us, Father. Father, we thank you for the Word of God now, Father. I pray that uh, you would just open our hearts, open our eyes, Father, open our ears to the Word, Father. And Father, I pray for the lost. If there's one here tonight that don't know Christ, I pray that you will just pierce their hearts, Father, and save them for it's everlasting too late. 
In Christ's name, amen. So the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish converts. What, what, what it was is the Jewish people uh, was saved through, out of Judaism. And what the problem was is some of the people still lingered in Judaism, some of the Christians. And what they was doing, they was leaving the faith and going back to their old, more or less, law. And the writer of Hebrews trying to explain to them, first of all, we've got a high priest. And his name is Jesus Christ. Second of all, well, first of all, he shed his blood on Calvary for every one of us to save the whole world. But listen to what he says here. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Does anybody ever do that? Uh, but what I'm going to look at tonight is challenges for everyday uh, living. The writer of Hebrews, now we actually don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, some people think it's Paul, some people think it's Luke. Uh, but if you study it and look at it, it's more leaning, I believe, Paul, because it's the way he wrote. Uh, but, boy, I just thank God. I just thank God tonight. Do you thank Him tonight? That He came and He died? To save us. Don't matter who you are. Don't matter what you've done. He came and died. He's that great sacrifice. He is our high priest. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses every one of us if we come to Christ. He's the new and living way. Amen. And when He comes in, He changes too. So let's just look at, at these, and I'll, I'll get on, and I'll, I'll be swift. The first challenge uh, we see here is to draw near. Uh, listen to what he says in verses 19 through 22. Uh, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest uh, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. So what is he saying? The first challenge is for us to enter in and draw near. These verses tells us how it is possible to enter in to the presence of God and for us to draw near to Him. The writer makes a statement in verse 19 that must have sounded strange to his Jewish readers. He tells them to enter into the holiest. More or less, he's saying that you can get in the presence of God. You can go in, and you can be in the presence of God. And you... Praise God. Boy, y'all's too, too quiet tonight. Too quiet. Uh, with boldness, he also tells them that there is a new and living way into the presence of God. The old Jewish, I'm going to give you some little background. The old Jewish system was a closed system, as were most religious systems in the ancient world. 
Under the Jewish system, no one could approach God but the high priest, and he could only do so on the day of atonement. And only then with the blood of an innocent sacrifice to atone for his own sins. Man was barred from the presence of a holy God. But when Jesus came and died on the cross, He made a way for all those who receive Him to enter the presence of God. When the veil of Christ's flesh was broken on the cross, the way was opened to God for all who will enter. In Matthew 27, and I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to paraphrase it. When Jesus died, and when they went to the temple, that veil was ripped in two. What that says is, when that veil was ripped in two, did you notice what I said in the Old Testament? Only the high priest can go behind that veil. But when now anyone can get behind that veil. Because we've got a high priest that's sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for me and you. He's sitting there praying for us. That ought to make every Baptist be holiness. Amen? Let's just get right down to it. We ought to praise Him tonight to make that great opportunity where we can be in the presence of God. And actually, we ought to praise Him tonight because Gentiles are being saved. See, when Jesus, who is our high priest, entered the Holy of Holies with His blood, He left the way open for us to follow. John 10 verse 9 says this, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Jesus Christ is that door. His shed blood is our invitation to enter the presence of God. Hebrews 9.22 says this, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. So in the Old Testament, the millions of gallons of blood that was shed from innocent animals was no good. But the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary cleanses everything. Amen? Oh, man, y'all's too quiet. The word having is used three times in these verses. It speaks of a present possession. We have some precious possessions because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. The first one. Verse 19, we say we have a boldness to enter into salvation. The way has been opened and we are invited to come. Isaiah 1.18 says this, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you haven't come to Jesus, you should, and you should do it today. You should. Secondly, we see in verse 21, uh, we have a high priest. 
We have a man on the inside praying for us and guaranteeing us that we will be accepted when we come. Hebrews 7.25 says this, uh, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing the ever living to make intercessions for them. So who, whatever you've done in your life, uh, Satan's going to say you're too bad. God's going to say, come. So you make your choice. I always said this, it's like in old cartoons. Now, some young people might not remember these cartoons, like Bugs Bunny and all that. Uh, but you remember them old cartoons when, uh, when, when an angel was on this side and the, and the devil was on this side, and most time they listened to this one and not this one. But what, what happens is, is Satan is a liar and the follower of it. And he's going to try to tell you, and he did with Adam and Eve, didn't he? Oh, that's all right. Uh, that's all right. Go ahead and do that sin. God's going, you can do whatever you want to. That's what he says, ain't it? But let me tell you something. Sin will take you somewhere that you don't want to be. And sin won't last for a season. And you will have to pay for that sin. But, I always love a but. But, if you come to Christ, Christ will forgive you for that sin and throw it in the ocean and never sit, look at it again. Ain't that great about our God? Ain't that great? Verse 22, we have uh, clean hearts and new lives. The Jewish worshiper was never truly clean. Even the high priest had to cleanse uh, himself every time he entered the tabernacle and temple. Uh, things are different for us, isn't it? Now, if you study the Old Testament, the high priest actually tied a rope around him. Because if he wasn't clean, God will... Striking, because he was actually, uh, you know, I love Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah was, um, was in the presence of God, and the only thing he could say was, woe unto me, woe unto me. And when a sinner comes to Jesus by faith, he is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. Amen? I believe in once saved, always saved. But I believe that once you're saved, you're going to live for Christ. But see what the problem is with the, these people, they was leaving the faith and going back to the old law. There's always a problem when you look back. Think about it. And it's always a dangerous, uh, dangerous subject when you go and live like the world. Because what's going to happen is, is if you live by the world, are you truly saved? Because God says uh, that take up thy cross daily and follow after me. That don't mean take up your cross uh, once and for all. Take it up daily. That's what Jesus wants you to do. Jesus wants you to live for him. You've got to be sold out to God. And let me tell you something, if you're sold out, something's going to happen. You're going to know it too, ain't you? People's going to see it. 
But, and I'm going to say this, and don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to say this about Chestnut Ridge because I don't know everybody here. I, I don't, th well, I know people here, but I don't think the church, the church, I'm talking about the church because I'm part of the church, is ready for Christ. Think about it. And I'm going to say this, and you can get mad or you can throw stones at me or whatever. It's time for the church to stand up. It's been way long time for the church to stand up. God is too holy. God is too big to keep Him in four walls. That's the problem with our this generation coming up and the world today. They don't see Christ living in us. So they're going to say, well, I can live however I want to. And that is wrong. People, let me tell you something. We're in a battle. And it's a spiritual battle. But my battle's done already been won. But a lot of, I believe a lot of people in the churches give up. I see it. I see it in people's faces. I see it in people's lives. They just give up. And let me tell you something, last year was bad, wasn't it? People stopped coming because of the COVID. Don't blame the COVID on that one. Now I am getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I knew I'd make somebody laugh. And when the heart is cleansed by the blood of Jesus, the outward man is also affected. Let me tell you something. When God changed me, He changed my mouth too. I've heard people say that they're Christians, but they go out and cuss like a sailor. But when God changes, He changes, doesn't He? And actually, the Bible teaches this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Listen to what uh, Paul says here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we're new, ain't we? Of course, we're a working... Uh, God works on me every day. Uh, because we are uh, clean in His sight, and we're clean because of the blood of Jesus. When God looks upon us, if you're saved, He sees the blood. That great sacrifice that Jesus done on Calvary, that's what He looks at, ain't it? Because He can't look upon sin because He's too holy. But did anybody ever, did anybody hear what Pastor Greg said Sunday? And it's the truth. And a lot of people don't want to hear it about God hating the sinner. Anybody hear that? It's the truth. God hates the sin and the sinner, don't he? But you can come to God and, oh, people don't want to hear that no more. Well, God don't hate nothing, does he? He said, Esau, I hate. What he said in the Old Testament, wasn't it? Uh, based on what Jesus did for us and what he has 
uh, provided for us, people are challenged to draw near to Him. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever draw near to God? Do you have that hiding place uh, where you go and you pray to God and you and Him speak together? Talk. One. Do you? I've had people tell me they don't have time. No, but you got time to sit there and watch Andy Griffith or whatever on TV. Yeah, I still watch Andy Griffith. These young people say, Andy Griffith? That's the only moral thing on TV nowadays. Um, uh, but <laughs> yeah, really, you've got, uh, you've got time to take your kids to ball games, don't you? Uh, you got time to sit there on Sunday and watch NFL or baseball or whatever's on. Why can't you spend time in God's Word and, and uh, spend time in, in the closet and, and drawing near to God to enter in His presence? That is a challenge, ain't it? This flesh don't want to do that. I'm like Paul. Paul says, I'm, I do what I do because I don't want to do it, but I still do it. Paul speaks tongue-tied sometimes. He gets you tongue-tied sometimes, don't he? Uh, but it's very important that we do that. That's the first challenge here in Scripture. Uh, we can come with a true heart. We must be sincere when we come to Jesus. We are not to come to Him lightly. Uh, we are not to tre uh, treat spiritual things as if they were a game. We can come in full assurance of faith. This means uh, we can come to God with the full assurance uh, that He will receive us. He will listen, and He will take care of it. You know, God promised that He'll take care of His children no matter what. Didn't He promise that? We just got to have enough faith in God. And another thing, I think the fear of God's left people. Think about it. People don't care no more, do they? The second one, the challenge is to hold fast. We are told to hold fast uh, to the profession of our faith. What is he saying here? See, what he was doing was he was trying to encourage that church because they was leaving uh, the faith and going back into their old tradition way. And he was trying to encourage them to stick with it because God is always there for you. Now, we might not think God's there for us, uh, with us sometimes, but he is, isn't he? We might leave him, but he never leaves us. Uh, some of these Jewish converts were having a hard time making... Now, just imagine. Now, just imagine that you've been raised, and let me tell you something, and I'm going to get down off this stage for a minute. That's the problem. I've been raised this way, so I'm going to keep on doing it. See, these Jewish Hebrew uh, children uh, was raised that way, so they was going to keep on doing it. I've even had people say I was raised like that. I don't care what the Bible says. Well, are you saved? And they profess that they're Christians. I said, there's no way that you're saved if you say, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm raised like that, so I'm going to believe the way I was raised. That's danger. That's dangerous. 
But see, when God comes in, He changes the mind. He changes the heart. He changes everything in, in you, don't He? And what the writer was trying to tell them is that, listen, we've got a high priest. See, they were still going back and, and looking for a man as a high priest. Yeah, we've got a man, a high priest, and his name is Jesus Christ. And what happened was they was leaving that Christianity and going back to their old ways. Have you ever met somebody like that? You see them one Sunday come to the altar and they profess that they're a Christian and then they go back and live like the world. You never see them again. That's very dangerous. Let me tell you something else what's very dangerous. If you're not doing what God's called you to do, that could be preaching the gospel. Uh, that could be teaching. Singing. You don't want me to sing. You might It's God in everything that we do. It's very important. And now, now, let me ask you. Look, I'm going to say this, and, and Greg's going to get on to me because I'm getting out of context of the Scripture now. Uh, it, well, it's in Scripture, but he gets... Sometimes, no, he won't get Let me tell you something. If Satan can get your mind, if he can just get in there and get your mind, he'll mess you up quicker than anything. But how do we keep Satan from getting in this mind? I'm asking a question. Study God's Word. Pray. Get in His presence. Man, y'all y'all too quiet tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, now, let me tell you, I said something earlier, and I want to come back and speak just a little bit about it. Uh, looking back, uh, there's nothing wrong with looking back uh, to where... And let me tell you something. If you forget where God brought you from, you're in trouble. You always look back to where God brought you, but you never look back to that life where you was before. Why am I saying that? Genesis. Everybody knows about Sodom and Gomorrah, don't they? What did God do with Sodom and Gomorrah? He destroyed it, didn't he? Why? Because of sin. Whew, I thank God for His mercy and grace, don't you? But what happened when, when Lot and his wife come out of Sodom and Gomorrah? What happened? Does anybody know? He looked back, she looked back, didn't he? What did God do? Turned her into a pillar of salt. Do you think God can still do that? He can do anything, can He? Now, here's what John said about those who turned back. Now, you might not want to hear this, uh, but listen to what John says here. Uh, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not doubt 
have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest and that uh, they were not of us. What is John saying? John is actually saying the ones that leave the faith, are they truly born again? Ain't that what he said? We don't want to hear that, do we? But that's God's Word. And if God says it, it's true. It doesn't matter what the preacher says, and it doesn't matter what the deacon say. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If it's not by this right here, it's a lie. Now you all did get quiet. No. But it's the truth. Now, I believe they are wayward people. I believe that people were saved and they've turned their back more or less, saw something or somebody hurt their feelings. Oh, yeah, that's the biggest one. I'm not coming back because the preacher didn't shake my hand. No, that's crazy, ain't it? You can always tell when somebody's truly born again. Let me tell you something. If they do wayward away, they will be back. The easy way or the hard way. And then thirdly and lastly, we see the third challenge is to look after one another. Listen to what he says here, 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to, to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What is he saying here? These verses have told us that we can have access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the first one. They have also told us that we are expected to live out faithful, dedicated lives uh, to the glory of God. And then verses 24 and 24, uh, 25 teaches us that we are to help one another along the way of life. Uh, the challenge here is for us to consider one another. The word consider means to set the mind on. We are to set our minds on our fellow believers in an effort to provoke them now. The word provoke ain't very good. We, our English word provoke really ain't very good, is it? Usually we use it to provoke a what? A right. But this was actually, if you take this word and look it up in Greek, uh, he actually used it to entice or uh, to stir up or to edify. That's what he's talking about. When we provoke someone, we're supposed to edify, lift someone up. When you see someone low and down in the spirit, lift them up. 
I've seen a lot of people uh, down and out, and, and people just bash them because they're down. Have you ever seen that? Somebody's a hollering tonight. Uh, we are to love together, ain't we? Love together. You know, you can tell uh, a Christian uh, from the world. Let me tell you something. This world don't love you. This world hates us. And you can put that in the bank and deposit it. They do hate us. Jesus even said they would. But we're supposed to love one another. You know, it's pretty sad. Now, let me tell you something. This church is a loving church. It always has been through the years. Uh, love is to be uh, the calling card of the church. Our love for God is to be the supreme love for ourselves. First, we need to love God, don't we? And then we can love one another. If you don't love God, you ain't going to love one another. Genuine godly love for one another is one of the sure marks of real salvation. You know, the people I used to hate, I love. Why? Because of the love of Christ. And I, I, I jotted this down, and hopefully y'all laugh. The, the church house is to be a place where people feel loved. It is sad when people receive warmer greetings at Walmart than they do at the house of God. That's sad. I mean, you walk in Walmart and you got these greeters. And sometimes they ain't happy, are they? I don't know. Some of the cashiers ain't happy sometimes. Uh, but you, you, you see these greeters, but it's sad when they get, you get more love at Walmart than you do in the church house. That's sad, ain't it? And let me tell you something, you all do have a, you do have a pastor that loves you. Greg's a good man, and he loves you. If he didn't, he wouldn't have been here so long. Amen? Uh, we are to work together, too. What is that work? Uh, we are to help our brothers and sisters in, the work, in their work uh, for the Lord. Uh, we are to encourage them in the work they do. Instead of finding fault uh, with everyone and everything they do, we should take the time to notice the positive things people are doing and encourage them in their, in their work for Jesus. We are in, in this thing together, ain't we? Have you ever met someone that always complained? You know, I was a pastor for eight years, so I've heard it. It's too cold, it's too hot. You preach too hard, you preach too low. You step on my toes, you don't step on my toes. I even had a woman tell me, said, I need to quieten down my preaching. I said, you don't tell me how to preach. That's sad, ain't it? Because you ain't going to find 
two pastors the same way. Boy, if we was all the same, we'd all be in trouble, wouldn't we? It'd be a boring world. Uh, so we're to build up and work together. Listen, this is a kingdom thing. This is a Jesus thing. And then uh, we are to uh, worship together too. Mm. As some of the Jewish people didn't do that. But we are to worship together. We are to come to church and worship together. Boy, I love it. I love it when people get up and starts raising their hands and praising God. I don't care. Hey, well, you don't have pews in here. I told them at that church I served, I don't care if you jump every pew we got, as long as you're in the Spirit. I think I jumped a couple. You can ask my wife. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, that, that's praise. And there's people praises God different ways, ain't they? But we need to worship God. He's a holy God, and we need to worship Him. Let me tell you something. If you can't worship Him down here, you, there ain't no way possible. You, you, that's all you're going to do in heaven is worship. You're going to be at the feet of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're going to worship Jesus Christ. Worshiping, holler, I don't care. Now listen very carefully. Please do not fall for the trick and trap of the enemy. He's going to say, hey, you can, you can not go to church. But actually, we're commanded to go to church. You know that, don't you? We're commanded to fellowship with one another. Boy, I hated them three or four months we was out of church. I was ready. I was ready to uh, get at it. Uh, I was ready to come back to church. I missed it. Uh, was y'all out a while? We actually uh, had services in the parking lot uh, of the church, and people would stop and on the sides of roads. And, and actually, we was in the, let me tell you something, we was in the worst area uh, of Asheville. Uh, it was the, uh, I knew a guy that worked for the FBI up there, and he said it's the worst area uh, that was in Asheville, uh, worst drug area. But then people would stop on the side of the road and just listen to us sing and, and, and praising God and, and preaching. And I had more out in the parking lot than I did have in church. We actually got, had five to join the church out in the parking lot. But, but, you know, it was, it was sad. It was sad that they had to shut down the churches. God's uh, houses. Uh, so they can get their agenda on. You can put that in your pipe and smoke it too. Because that's all it was. I believe. Um, wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Come on, people. I serve a God can take care of me. But God did give me a brain. 
to use. Listen very carefully. Come to church. Don't listen to Satan. Come often. Come faithfully. Come to Sunday school. Uh, Come to morning worship. Uh, Come to Wednesday evening meetings. Come to youth meetings. Come ready to worship. Come to sing. Come to pray. Uh, Come to praise God. Praise Him. Uh, Come to hear His Word. Come to fellowship with His people. Uh, Come to serve. Come to help. Come to be helped. Uh, Come excited. Come expectantly. And come prepared for the Lord to do something big. I've always said this. If you want some, if you come to church wanting something, you'll get it. If you come to church not wanting something, you won't get it. Think about that. If you come to church wanting to worship God and wanting God to show up, He will show up. I've seen Him. I've seen Him change people's lives. He changed mine. I've seen him work on people's lives, man, and you can see people changed in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood, people. Amen? Praise God. Make me jump up and down. We are told to wait together too. Wait on what? What are we supposed to wait on? The coming of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be waiting on together. I've always said this. I can just imagine being out in the graveyard when Jesus comes back. The Bible says the dead in Christ arise first, and the ones that is is still alive will be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air forever. Amen. Woo! Praise God, people. Praise Him tonight. That's why we're here worshiping. So we're supposed to uh, wait together. Are you are you ready for Jesus? You're not ready? He could come back today. He could come back tomorrow. Or he could come back a thousand years from now. We don't know. But Jesus says, be therefore ready, for you don't know the time or the hour that he'll appear. Now, in closing, usually when the preacher says that, they preach for another 30 minutes. But no, I ain't going to do that. In closing, are are you... I know I've rambled. Sometimes I do. Uh, That church up there says you need to shoot that rabbit and shoot it now. Oh, and then I land the plane. Uh, But, yeah, sometimes us preachers can get on the rabbit race. Uh, But, you know... uh, I don't know why we do that. Every preacher I know some does that every once in a while. I don't know why we do that. Uh, but we do, don't we? Uh, but let me ask you a question. What are you, you going to do with the gospel? 
Let's just say that. What are, we, what are you going to do with the gospel? What is the gospel? I'll give you the gospel in the nutshell. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel in the nutshell. So what are you going to do with that? Are you going to take and run with it? Are you going to tell people about Christ? Are you going to live your life uh, as an example? But there's two things you can do with the gospel. You can receive it or you can reject it. Jesus Christ is the gospel. You can receive Jesus or you can reject Him. So what are you going to do? Going to receive Him. Amen? Amen. Y'all quiet. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, they just sung about the blood. You know, uh, Preacher Greg's been preaching on being filled up. You know how you get filled up? He's been preaching on it for a month. It's to enter in in the presence of God, and God will fill you up. Everybody's going to sleep on me. You want me to jump up and down and wake you up? No. Uh, but, uh, you know, God's good, isn't He? He's faithful. And if He says that he was going to, He's going to do something, He's going to do it. You know, if you, if you take the Word of God and you study it, everything that God said He was going to do, He's accomplished, ain't he? Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would changed my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us. And so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son.
for us. Amen. God bless you guys.